Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic. We're on WIBA Madison, WISN in Milwaukee, every Saturday morning with your host, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal. Good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm fantastic. And we have also, how are you? I'm well, thanks. <laughs> by the way, I'm yeah, well. Yeah, by the way, I should ask. That's yeah, okay. Uh, when do people, when we do small talk, like how you doing? Whoever says crappy, lousy. You always say, even if you don't feel good, right? I know a couple of people that do, but for the most part, yes, everybody says they're okay. Yeah. They're very candid and transparent. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I feel lousy. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Christine Hayward, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Christine is back on the show. Um, you are with the Coal Investment Group. We'll mention these locations. You're in Middleton. That's correct. Yep, right outside of Madison. So that's one location, Jeff. The world headquarters in Waukesha. You're in Port Washington. You are in Phoenix, Arizona. Your website is the Kowal way.com your focus is retirement planning i think that's an important thing to bring up too paul because when you talk about retirement planning everybody christine uh, uh aaron my son paul uh, schaefer aaron spitzner joe still john uh uh white they all we like kirsten we all talk the same language we all talk about retirement what does that include well it includes the estate planning part of it how does your how does retirement planning fit in with your overall estate plan how do your beneficiaries fit in with your overall estate planning and retirement planning long-term care how does that how can you destroy a successful retirement plan with an event with a health event that could last a long time uh, cash flow analysis a lot of our clients especially now with the market being a little volatile, you know, what it's all about is cash flow. Do you have enough money to to support your standard of living, even with the recent drop in the markets? So we we address all areas of the investment part of it. Of course, um, we manage uh, almost a billion dollars of assets for our clients. So all those things come into play when you talk about retirement planning. What a lot of clients appreciate is that from top to bottom, uh, we all. Uh, client service people, advisors, we all talk the same language. We all talk about retirement. So clients appreciate that. Yeah, what I mean, we take questions on the show. We're live and in person in the studio, so we can answer any question that you have. The number to call is 799-1130, toll-free, 800-838-WISN. What kind of questions do we get? Well, what's on your mind? Think about your own financial plan, your retirement, your future. We talk about uh, 401k plans, uh, taxes come into it, rollovers. Jeff, if you change a job and now you've got a new company, what's the deal with that old 401k? How do I make this all happen? Social security, estate planning. We talk about insurance questions. You know, you mentioned something that caught my attention, Jeff, just a minute or two ago. In retirement, so much, I think, focuses on that nest egg and getting to a certain number and then a retire. You mentioned cash flow. Right. I think that's really important. How much money, am I changing my lifestyle? Am I? Do I need more money or and that's, less? That's a great point, Paul, because you know, especially again with the volatility of the market, uh, if, if the market's down, is that really gonna affect your standard of living? Your standard of living for most people is defined by how much income they're, t- they're bringing in each month. And is that gonna affect your income on a monthly basis? Uh, and do you have to adjust it? If you're taking money from retirement plans and the value of the accounts have dropped, it depends how much they've dropped, it depends much income you're taking out, but it's all about the cash flow in retirement. And I, I gotta get to this article because you touched on one thing, Paul. Uh, this is a Barron's article that talks about the 401k turning 40. 
And he talked about multiple retirement plans and from old employers. And that's the biggest drain on 401k plans. It was never intended that you could pull the money out when you change jobs. And that's the biggest drain on it. Um, so the 401k plan is 40 years old this year? Yeah. It was a Congress passed Revenue Act of 1978 and added a single paragraph marked K to the 401, to Section 401 of the Internal Revenue Code. That's so how it's just got, like, I didn't, even, it's I did just not know that line. history. The primary intention was to put more parameters around pre-tax contributions made to cash-deferred plans. It said in less than 800 words, Congress inadvertently created what is now a major part of the backbone of retirement in America. Did you give out the phone numbers, by the way? The may? phone number to call <laughs> is 799-1130 for questions. My mind's not wondering. It's just wondering. I think I did, but it doesn't hurt. Okay. That means we have open lines. It means you'll get right through, and it means you'll talk to the experts from the Kowal Investment Group, Christine Hayward, Jeff Kowal. What we're talking about, Jeff, is affects... Most of our listeners, most yeah, of our listeners probably have a 401k plan. There are 55 million people that are active 401k participants, uh, according to Investment Company Institute. There were a couple articles that went back and forth. And so I'm trying to piece the two together. This Again, this is from Barron's last week. Um, and it talks about this other article talks about the pension myth and the financial realities. Everyone knows about the good old days when hardworking Americans were able to enjoy a comfortable, worry-free retirement thanks to their healthy pensions. But like many tales from decades ago, the reality wasn't as sweet as recalled. As, as the situation facing today of many retirees isn't necessarily much worse. The numbers on the surface are stark. Just 13% of people working today are covered by a defined benefit pension plan, down from 76% in the mid-80s. That's according to Bureau of Labor Statistics. So 76% down to 13%. But the reality is that very few people work at a company long enough to get the pension that would support them in retirement. That's true even at blue-collar, blue-chip companies like AT&T and uh, IBM. So the article goes on to say that only 10% of people actually stayed at companies long enough to qualify for a pension. So yeah, 76% of people had pensions back in the day, yeah. but they didn't qualify for them because you had to stick with the company a long time. Are pensions coming back? Well, yeah. the, like I said, only 13% of people have pension plans now. I think they are. I think especially with uh, uh, unemployment, or yeah, unemployment in Wisconsin, it's 2.8%. How do you get, how do you lure employees and then keep them? You, you lure them with the 401k, but you may have to keep them. You know, everybody's, not everybody, a lot of companies have 401ks. A lot don't, but a lot do have 401ks. A lot have a company match, so you bump up the company match. And then the thing you can do is is add a pension component to it. Most government employees, Jeff, are offered something different than a 401k, right? right? They have a, well, they have the, the, the 401k, they have the government pension, the thrift plan for some government employees. Uh, 403Bs are popular with municipal employees, and that a lot of them have uh, uh, some sort of pension plan. Yeah, mm -hmm. and some states like Wisconsin are fully funded. Some like Illinois, perhaps less so. Yes, <laughs> and they ran into trouble in Illinois. Yeah, with their pension plan. Well, look at M Milwaukee County. Going back to Tom Amon oh, when yeah. he was a uh, county executive, we, there was a, a big time problem with the pension. Yeah, we hope we don't go back to those days. No. Uh, yeah, but Wisconsin is just is fully funded. It's it's it, with with uh, Governor Walker and his team. Boy, it's been in great shape. But without a doubt, the four hundred one k has hastened or improved retirement for a large segment of the population, namely people with full time jobs and matching benefits. Far from perfect. Among other issues, 
Uh, it puts the onus on making smart investment decisions on individuals. Um, and, you, you know, the, somebody who's who's working and is now working in finance uh, ha, maybe has to get help to find out what they should be investing of. This is kind of interesting, and this is according to Barron's. It says the big failure with the 401k is that it was supposed to be easy and popular, and we were supposed to expand coverage from from 50% to nearly 95%. Instead, we've gone from 50% down to under 50%. Um, I said, talk, talk about the large amount of money that's in mutual funds. Uh, new provision which went into effect at night. Oh, Brennan uh, was a partner in a law firm in 1978, and he was just trying to improve benefits uh, for employees. And uh, he came across this section, and um, and, and that's how in 1980 uh, put it in for one of his companies, and it just exploded from there. Uh, 1982, the contribution limit was seven thousand. For this year, it's $18,500 that you can put into your 401k. Next year, it's going up to $19,000 plus to catch up provisions. Uh, plants have its critics. So just uh, getting back up. Sure. Next year, the maximum we can put is $19,000. $19,000 plus there's a $6,000 catch up provision if you're over um, uh, age 50. So you can put in $25,000 uh, for pension plans and then the contribution limits for IRAs is going up to uh, uh, also to uh, five uh, to six thousand dollars. Some listeners might say, well, "I can't afford to put nineteen thousand a year." And you don't have to, Jeff. But you can. But you should put, should put as much as you can. As much as you can. As, if definitely, there's a match, we've talked about that absolutely. before. Put, definitely put in as much uh, as you can uh, up to the month that the company matches for sure. The persistent problem estimates vary. Uh, indicates that fewer than five percent of uh, active four hundred one k Participants have taken early withdrawals in a given year. The word is active. It's when uh, when employees leave a company that plans are most vulnerable. Research found that nearly 60% of investors ages 18 to 34 indicated that they had taken money from their retirement accounts. So when they change jobs, 60% of the people cash it in and, and don't move it to their new employer. So that's kind of, that you know, that should stay up. They uh, don't cash it in. They do cash it in. The, oh, they 18 do. Eighteen to thirty-four. That a lot. That's up to sixty percent of those. You oh, you would rather not see that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's much better if you roll it over because yeah. you lose you lose all that time. Clearly. Um, so like, that's that's probably the biggest problem that I face. Okay, so the four hundred one k plan. Happy birthday! It's forty years old. <laughs> and Christine, I'll ask you this because you deal with clients in the Coal Investment Group in Middleton, Madison. It. When you look at retirement, there's so many ways to plan for it. There's IRAs, there's the pension, good old savings accounts or whatever. I've got a business, maybe I'll sell that. The 401k, we always come back to it. It seems to be the solid, you know, the way people approach it, especially if I work at a company that offers it. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts? Oh, I, I agree. You should always at least get the company match at the bare minimum. Um, 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, 457s, they're very nice now, uh, especially when it comes to tax planning, because the money that you put in is deductible. So it can help lower your tax years or your, your, your tax bracket in years that you're working. Yeah. Um, the downside to it is that in retirement, it's 100% taxable. So it's nice to have a combination of, of different vehicles. To so you're not paying all those tax. taxes in retirement. Correct. Uh, when you take your RMDs for the 401k, because that's when they tax it. 
Right. The minute you start withdrawing the money, you have to pay the taxes. But in your working years, it's helping you control taxes by lowering your taxable income. Um, And that's another way that we work with clients. Uh, As you were saying before, someone might say, well, I don't have a whole lot of wiggle room to keep contributing to these plans. Well, remember, if you put in, let's say, $10,000, that's ten grand less that you have to report as income that year, you can change the withholding on your pay stub and try to equalize it. You're not paying taxes on that amount. That's a big deal. Correct. And you're, you're, I mean, let's face it, it's very important that we get something started as early, oh, pos- exactly. as, early as possible for your retirement. We're going to sneak in a quick break, Jeff. Okay, sounds good. Uh, but after that, we've got a lot coming up. You've got sexy segment. That's going to be a good one this today again. Aaron Kowal will join us for the boss segment of the Boss Minute. It's business owners, savings, and security. That's coming up actually right after this break. We'll hear from Aaron Kowal. And I should mention the Kowal Investment Group does market updates. Here in WISN, you're on five days a week, Monday through Friday. You're on a WIBA doing the same thing. That's right. At uh, 3 o'clock break and a 5 o'clock break, because who knows when that 5 o'clock break might be. But the 3 o'clock break is pretty predictable in Milwaukee on WISN. And then at 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. And just keep in mind, if you have any questions today, it's a good call to, day to call in because Christine is here. Christine is here. You can ask from, her from questions. From Middleton office. Yeah, she's a, a great contributor to Middleton office. But we do, we do, and Christine is involved with that as well. We try to give you one minute what's going on in the market that particular day. Whether it's a government mandate that's uh, causing the markets to go, a government report, uh, corporate earnings, uh, trade wars, whatever it happens to be on that particular day, we wrap every minute up with the Dow, the S&P 500, tech-heavy NASDAQ, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock of 5 o'clock news blocks in Milwaukee, 4.55, just before the news block at uh, 5 o'clock in, in Madison. You're going to hear Coldplay as you hear right now throughout the show, as requested by the Kowal Investment Group by Jeff Cole and Christine Hayward. Love yeah, Coldplay. Yeah. And we want your calls after the break. In fact, call in now, and in three minutes, we'll take those questions. 799-1130. It's the Retirement Clinic. WIB in Madison. WISN in Milwaukee. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. When advisors work with family businesses and the business owner's investments, oftentimes the discussion of risk comes into the conversation. When doing planning with clients, risk often revolves around how much the owner has in stocks versus bonds, U.S. versus international, etc., That investment risk is one type of risk. There are so many other types of risk involved when it comes to the family business, especially more complex, multi-generational businesses. Succession and disaster are two such risks, or even global travel, security, or ownership of unique assets. A reason for this is that there is an absence of communication between the advisors and family members at complex, multi-generational family enterprises, and it stems from advisors having their areas of technical expertise, usually business or asset management. There is a general lack of awareness that these risks exist and need to be addressed. A factor that can contribute is also there is an inability to determine risk management priorities. A more formal and regimented process is needed when addressing risk in the family business. 
Risk management committees as part of the government governance structure can be a key part of starting to prioritize and address risk. Plans need to be developed in the instance that something major happens. Fire drills need to be run to see how well the company can adapt in the event of a real emergency. An advisor should do more than bring awareness of risk. There needs to be an extension to developing plans and processes to address risk. Discussions need to be had about where the gaps are. What happens if the founder were suddenly not available? Where would the wealth go? And what would be each person's role if something were to happen? It's important to get these issues addressed before there's a major incident. Make a decision to change before the decision is made for you. Why not work with a specialist? Aaron made some good points in today's Boss Minute. I mean, that is for business owners, Jeff, but it really pertains to a lot of other listeners, too. Well, it makes sense to reduce it to writing, no matter what your thoughts are. You know, you can have these ideas on succession planning and retirement on pulling money out of the business, but unless you reduce it to writing, same thing with retirement planning. You know, if you don't reduce it to writing, if you don't put the plan in place, yeah, I know that I'll have enough income. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, if something happens to long-term care, with this, it's taken care of. But unless you put it in writing, unless you reduce it to writing, you don't know for sure that's going to happen. So that's a good segment. You can plan appropriately, do all the right things. Christine, I'm sure you've seen this over the years. In retirement, there's one thing that happens with age, health. The health is a big question mark. We could be healthy as can be and live a fine life. And we just know the opposite could happen and we could come down with an illness or be sick in retirement. Does that throw a monkey wrench into our plan? And how do you plan around that? Sure. Well, and where premium is going to go. Um, we have some clients that retire before they're eligible for Medicare. So one question then is, what is it going to cost in a couple of years in the open market? So when we're doing a lot of our cash flow projections, well, we like to throw in maybe an extra 10, 20 grand a year to see if it's possible to retire on your income plus another good good buffer, because um, that is one question that that's very difficult to answer. Healthcare is not cheap. Health it's, insurance. It's, it's just not. Yeah, that's right. Uh, even Medicare can be costly or supplement plans. You have to be careful. You got to look around. You got to shop around for that stuff. And, you know, it, when we talk about a cash flow analysis, which is a big part of our planning in retirement, you know, on the other end, you know, there are clients that want to do aggressive travel in retirement as well. So you can plan <laughs> maybe fifty to twenty thousand dollars a year. Aggressive travel. Yeah, fifty to twenty thousand dollars a year for additional travel. So it's on yeah. both ends. You have to be mindful that, uh, uh, that there might be some health insurance concerns, health concerns that you have to be uh, uh, prepared for. Well, you've got to be also, healthy to travel, Jeff. That's well, right. Let's face it, going through an airport nowadays, my gosh, you got to be pretty physically fit. You've got to have patience. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. be willing to wait in lines. And then the the, the, plane, the flight itself, there's a lot of factors yeah, the, that go into travel, not just people, money. More people are traveling this Thanksgiving weekend. Christina had an article on some things with regard to, to this weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend shopping, all that. Oh, are we going to get to that? Let, let's do that, but let me give out the phone numbers. We want your questions. 799-1130. Get you through to WISN and WIBA, the station. The, uh, it's, this show is on in both markets. That's right. And I'm curious what's on people's minds. So what's as you head into the end of the year, is there something that's bothering you? Is there something that's uh, keeping you awake at night that we, should, that we could perhaps help with? Christine, what do you got for us? So my article came from the Wall Street Journal, and it's talking about retail stores and how they're trying to win back shoppers, but they're not getting the profit from it. And I mean, when you think about just society today, I mean, you, you can go onto grocery stores and order your, your groceries online, go in, pick them up, have them delivered. You look at Amazon, you can really have anything under the sun delivered to you. So no, one, no, it's, it's everything. You're right. It's, I'm a musician. 
drums and music. We order online. Right. Right. We just get it. You know, it's so easy. And Amazon is, you know, everybody's going. Will the day of the mall be gone? Well, and and that's what they're worried about. You know, if you can get everything online and it's about the same price, why would you bother to go into the stores? Um, so one thing that that Kohl's is doing, while they still didn't hit their targets, they've recently reduced the amount of, of inventory that it carries. So it's buying closer to when it needs it. So that does help profitability, um, but that's not you know a one hundred percent fix. Um, the National Retail Federation expects both online and in retail store shopping in November and December, to increase as much as 4.8%, which is about $721 billion, compared to the same period in 2017. Um, over the past five years, the average has been about 3.9, so it's higher than the average, although last year was a 5.3% gain. Uh, but again, that 4.9 is a combination of both online and retail. So is that, Will that and should that, should we expect it to lift the market? Uh, in this final quarter, I mean, is it the Santa Claus well, consumer rally? Consumer confidence is, is up. We're hoping for a Santa Claus rally. They were uh, meeting with Chinese officials next week, and 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 uh, the chairman of the party uh, from in China next week. Uh, so we're hoping that that that'll spur some uh, positive. Uh, but but this is, I think, a positive thing. Noting that you know you look at retail stores and are malls dying. You, you look at all the malls and a lot of them. Bayshore is changing what they're going to do. They're going to add more yeah. uh, uh, homes there and, and condos. Uh, Brookfield Square has you know the, the Sears stores is down. All kinds of uh, uh, store um, uh, restaurants are going up there. So it's, it is changing. But dramatically. the big anchor stores are disappearing. They are. Disappearing, the Journal just but, did a big article yeah. on Milwaukee's anchor stores disappearing. Yep. Uh, but it, and it's changing. So what this article says is that at least there's a little bit of light that they, that the retail is coming back to some of the mall stores. Ben Christine, I, I guess the point is, if we're buying online, it's not like we're buying less or spending less than other years. We're just doing it in a different way. Exactly. exactly. Go to Amazon.com and pick how easy is that. And if you can go you know, to Kohl's online or in the store and you're going to get the same price, well, then why not have it delivered for free? I mean, that's, that's yep. what they're now, starting to see. There is a social <laughs> aspect to going to a mall. There is. And Some Jane people like that. that yeah. <laughs> Jane every Tuesday, wife. Every Tuesday, yes. She's been going out with her girlfriend for 40-some years. And it's not just shopping. It's probably lunch. Well, she makes it a point that it's, she goes shopping, not necessarily buying. So, And it is a social event for her and her yeah. friend Marge, so... Yeah, it's I mean, neat that they've been doing it for over forty years. It, it is, Jeff. I think you're you're exactly right. Some people do it for the social, just getting she, out she, and about. She does some damage at the stores too. So, <laughs> if Jane is listening, yeah. <laughs> call in and dispute if you'd like. But I don't think she we'll can't. get that phone call. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, Jeff. A few things coming up uh, as far as segments. We just heard from Aaron. That's one of our segments, the Boss Minute. We do switch gears and we talk about wealth management and preservation. That's coming up in a few minutes with the sexy segment. You and Christine have got some other topics that right. you wanted to hit. And here we are, you know, holiday weekend. You might have questions about your retirement. I know it's not generally, Jeff, would you say December, as we head into Christmas, people put things like this on the back burner and that might not be such a good idea, especially with end of the year tax planning and everything going on. Yes, it happens in two things, uh, or for two things, two reasons. One is tax planning and, and uh, 
getting their accounts right at the end of the year. Another is if they're going to make a change, if they're frustrated with their current advisor looking to make a change, they might want to have things fresh and new for the new year. So if they want to start working with somebody new, this is the time to do it because then we can roll over the accounts if that's appropriate and begin fresh with January with all new statements. So that's a key area with a lot of planning that we do. Uh, we do have a lot of activity in, in uh, December. We're going to be doing some things for, for tax planning at the end of the year. We've got to be sensitive to that. Roth IRA conversions because a lot of people think, well, I can do it until tax time. No, you until to file your taxes April 15th. And the answer is no, you can't. Conversion, a Roth conversion from, a, from an IRA to a Roth IRA has to be done before the end of the year. It has to be done by December 31st. A contribution can be made on April 15th or when you file your, your tax returns for 2018. A contribution. But a conversion has to be done by the end of the year. So we see a lot of activity, and especially with the, uh, some accounts down a little bit, great time to move money into a Roth IRA because that conversion, the, when the markets do rise, which they inevitably will, when the markets do rise, that'll all be tax-free growth in that Roth IRA. So it's a great time to be doing year-end planning. Well, you just mentioned something that's probably on people's minds is Thanksgiving. Everybody that I was talking to when it came to the markets, it's all oh, the markets are down. Everything's down. What's so going to happen? Uh, all the year's gains were erased. Jeff, let's can we just address that quickly? If I'm in a 401k plan and I saw my gains for 2018 erased, what are your thoughts? Do I panic and make moves? Everybody's different where your That's allocations are. That's a really good are. question, yeah. Um, and you know, for a lot of our clients, their accounts are down a little bit this year as well. Uh, flat to down. Um, you were down, uh, S&P 500 saw us down 10.2% from its peak. So th that is in correction territory. Uh, did we see it coming? Well, we still think that things are great in the economy. The fundamentals are still really good in the economy. They, they really are. Companies are doing well. They're making lots of profits. Um, you know, typically, the markets are six months ahead. Even six months from now, you're looking at interest rates are still going to be relatively low, even if we have one or two more interest rate increases. Companies are still going to be making a lot of money. Any retail sales, like we mentioned the Santa Claus rally. Yeah, I had. Uh, so we might have a strong finish. I had somebody tell me, and uh, well, I, you know, I won't give a, a dollar amount, but they said, "Boy, Trump gets one of his uh, uh, foreign uh, deals to go. The trade wars, um, an agreement with China, agreement with Europe, agreement with Canada, Mexico goes through. Then you could see a huge surge in the markets for one day. So you don't want to be in, out of the markets on that. So yeah, if that's... you're worried about, yes, you should make some adjustments to it. You should at least address it. Call your advisor, call us, um, and and make maybe tweak it a little bit. Bail out completely? I don't think so. I don't. Mm. We don't see that. We think that there's going to be a recovery. You learn from history. It's happened before. Jeff yeah. and, and the markets have always done this and it's just that we've been in such a bull run for so long you almost get a little complacent or you get yes. used to it you get spoiled what's the right way to but put it but the analysts that we follow Jeff South from Raymond James uh, uh, Brian Westbury from First Trust and Bob Dole from Nuveen all three of them still thinking and Christine you follow several too uh, those are the ones that have been right for the last decade or so so we can you know, they say that the this bull market still has legs in it, so it may be getting a little low, but there may be a couple of years left in it. You made some really interesting points on the all the uh, economic indicators out there right now. I mean, the price of oil is oh, yeah. going. The, the price at the pump is low, right? Gas right. is lower. I mean, Unemployment's really low. 
Isn't it funny what President Trump said? He gets, he gets criticized for low oil prices because people are having fun. They're going traveling, seeing their family. More people are traveling this weekend than ever before in history. He gets blamed for low oil yeah, prices I'll just and say people this. Are having fun. I'm a, I'm a fan of President Trump. Yes, he's inappropriate with some of the tweets yep. and the timing. I think his timing is a little off because he's very visceral. He's reactionary emotionally. However... I'm just a fan of his, and I'll say this. No matter what he does, he will be criticized to no end by the media. Oh, yeah. He can't win. So shove aside all of that hype and that noise and look at what he's doing, not what he's saying. Yeah, and what he's done is you know lower tax rates corporately. Those are made permanent. Again, uh, when we talk about, and we've talked about this in the past, the individual tax rates are, uh, the tax reductions are temporary. They're, they're set to expire in 2025. So there is some planning to do between now and that time, and it's a limited period of time. So those are things that we're doing before the end of the year. The one thing that I still, I'm a little confused, Jeff, and I'm sure our listeners hear this. What about the tariffs? And how can that, explain how that can be a positive for us? Well, if we are, I was just listening to something about uh, you know, all the jobs that have come back as a result of his tariffs. Uh, steel jobs have come back. Other jobs have come back. Manufacturing jobs have come back to the U.S. Just the thought that they're going to have to pay more money to import those things from different countries has brought some of these manufacturing companies back to the U.S. So that's a positive. You still want to have overseas trade. And, you know, we have more items that we can put tariffs on than China or other countries can because we don't put a lot of tariffs on. Isn't he trying to level the playing field, so, saying it's been yes, unfair to the U.S. for years? It has been unfair, and everybody's just swept those issues under the market. You know, you talk about President Trump, what he does, he he rips the Band-Aid off and exposes it. And it might not be pretty. Uh, yeah, it might not be pretty, and then he walks away and says, well, fix it. Fix offer this. some solutions. Well, they don't offer solutions because they've never addressed it before. They've put in the background. They haven't addressed things like that, things like the unfair tariffs, unfair trade wars. So he starts the wars. He starts a conversation about it, at least. And that's not a bad thing. No. He may I, not I like get everything they, accomplished, but, right. it's, but it's, it's, it's being brought to our attention. They, they were looking at putting together, and I don't know if you saw it this morning, about the um, judicial reform, or yeah, judicial reform, prison reform, prison reform. Oh, yeah. He at least opens up the subject. He brings these these leaders in. Everybody gets upset that they're in the White House, but he's looking to get something done with regard to prison reform. So we'll see. Yeah. He at least opens subjects uh, and addresses subjects that sometimes are ignored. He's a pretty active president, put yeah, it that yeah, way. I'll say that. He's, he's, you know, there's a lot of stuff getting done. And Multitasking. Being... <laughs> yeah. yeah, just put the phone down. Put the Twitter machine down, as they say, right? Uh, can we stick in one more quick story before sure. we have to break in our sexy segments. Sure, this up. is a, I thought, interesting thing from the Wall Street Journal. It says, why you shouldn't retire when your spouse does. Uh, uh, this is Ann Turgeson, and she's writing some nice things about retirement for the Wall Street Journal. It says, financially it makes sense to stagger retirement by months, even years, uh, but there are tricky consequences. For many couples, retiring at the same time seems like the obvious thing to do at the same time. After all, taking the plunge together ensures you'll have more time to enjoy each other's company and adapt as a couple in new phases of life. And actually, the opposite might be true. And you should retire months, if not years apart, according to this article. And I don't necessarily disagree. It says, among the potential financial advantages is higher Social Security checks, lower health insurance costs, and a longer life for your nest egg with some potential uh, potential protection gets a bear market while one spouse still has a paycheck. So those are a couple of the, the good things. Maybe we can... Uh, take these apart a little bit at a time. Have you seen just in past experiences with clients, Jeff, where spouses do want to retire at the same time? Just 
we want to be with each other. We want to, you know, start enjoying some retirement do. together. Yep. We have and then there's others that probably go out. I don't want him around the house all day. I'd say it's probably 25, 20 to 25% want to do it together. 75% have that sentiment where... What am I going to do with him? It's always with him around the house all the time. We'll still see each other, you know, but it's it 24 eh, seven. Yeah. Especially well, with, you may not be used to it either. Yeah. And I think that's a good observation, Paul. You're not used to it. So it's not just the financial advantages. What the article goes on to say is that a lot of times it's a good idea if one has health insurance to keep on that health insurance. Because otherwise you're going to have to, if both of you drop off a of health insurance and you're both before age 65, you'll know, one of the big advantages is that one of you can be on a group plan for the other one. So that makes a lot of sense. But you bring up, that's one of the financial considerations. You bring up one of the uh, psychological and, and um, the concerns that what, you know, what if you can't stand each other after all these years, you know, living apart? Because <laughs> you're actually so well. Working. When you went off to your job, it was just yeah, so nice. Was, yeah, but you know what? After a short period of time, each of you has your own routine and it works out. It's not that bad. Uh, yeah, you might have to make space for each other. You might have to, um, you know, give a hug and say you're sorry every once in a while for infringing at somebody else's territory. But in, in, in most cases, in all cases that we've seen, it works out. It's yeah, not if you've that, made it that long, yeah, been married not, for 30 plus years, yeah. Jeff. Uh, women have uh, often a lot to gain by working longer than the husbands. This I thought was pretty interesting observation. With more career interruptions, women generally reach their peak earnings in their mid-50s, the, the study found. While men tend to see their earning power decline during their 50s, women, and that's not always true, but women who work longer also can generally substantially enhance their Social Security payments because uh, the formula for Social Security averages a person's highest 35 years of income. Key thing there is that a lot of times women drop out of the workforce. So then they, they come back in, build their careers back up, and now they're at the peak of their earnings. So for them to retire together, they're at a slight disadvantage retiring together. So sometimes it makes sense for the woman to stay a little bit longer. And do, then you, do you help your clients with this? Like, Oh, absolutely. You just do the math, put a pencil to paper, yep. and... Figure yep. it out. And sometimes, you know, for a lot of, there are a lot of issues you wouldn't believe that that make economic sense, but don't, you know, but emotional sense is what kind of what what prevails. Uh, I could tell people to I'm blue in the face not to pay off a mortgage that has a three percent interest rate, but if they sleep like a baby because they have the mortgage paid off, that wins. You know, if, if you have, uh, if some things make emotional sense, some make economic sense. And, you know, if retiring together makes sense for you emotionally and the numbers work out, the underline there is, and the numbers work out. Because, you know, you don't want to be pulling money out of retirement plans yeah. early and then run out of money later on. That mortgage loan is a big one for retirees. I know if a lot of them think it should be paid off by then. I always envision my house being paid off by the time I retire. Having a mortgage payment is not the end of the world, Jeff, right? Especially if you are at 2728 3%. Yeah, that's right. Uh, again, that's where we get back to what I talked about right at the beginning, cash flow. Do the number, you know, If yeah. your cash flow is still good that you can make those payments, keep making the payments because you can still get a tax deduction on it in most cases. Uh, everybody's a little, a little bit different. you got to check with your – I think that's a disclaimer I have to give. Check with your tax – person for that that's maybe, it maybe maybe not that's perfect anyway <laughs> if i have to i do i just did it but um 
uh, you know, you, you, uh, the, using somebody else's money instead of paying off that mortgage, as long as the cash flow, again, if your the value of your account has has dropped, if the cash flow still supports your standard of living, you're still in good shape. When we come back, the sexy segment. Any hints? Any clues? What direction well, we're going to go? Christine is, Hayward's here. We're going to talk about uh, untying the knot. How to get it right when ha- handling an IRA and divorce. Oh, okay. So this is especially for if you have big IRAs with a you know, million, million and a half, two million, three million in the in retirement plans. How do you split that up? And we're just going through that with a couple of our a couple of our clients. So yeah, it'd be interesting. The divorce rate's still around fifty percent or right. a little higher, right? Yeah. In this yeah. country, so that's a big. It's reality. It's part of life. So we'll take a quick break. Joining us in studio on the retirement clinic is Christine Hayward for the Middleton office, the Kowal Investment Group. You can find more info online, the Kowal way. And I didn't. Aaron always reminds me. Check them out on LinkedIn, Facebook. Twitter. You can call their offices Aaron in Waukesha. Aaron appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget about social media. Yeah. And everybody's on it. So yep. why not go? Check it out on Facebook. Just look up the Kowal Investment Group. You can call their offices. 262-522-4040 or 877-560-4040. We'll be right back. It is that time in the retirement clinic as we continue. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And we are in studio with Christine Hayward from the Kowal Investment Group. And, of course, your host every week is the president, Jeff Kowal. This segment and that music, we call it the sexy segment, Jeff. It's a serious segment, and it and it, it involves your wealth, but preserving your, your wealth. Exactly. Wealth management, preservation. And we call it the sexy segment because this show is for everybody, but this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Um, it gets more complex as you have more wealth. If it's a million, two million, five million, ten million, or twenty million dollars, it gets more complex. And there are some things you need to protect that wealth, your legacy. If you have, and you know, if you have a four hundred one k, it's five hundred thousand. You have a a home that's worth five hundred thousand. That's a million dollars. If you have a business, if you have an inheritance, if you win the lottery, you may be at five million, ten million, fifty million dollars, or half a billion dollars or more, uh, this segment is for you. And, and this one is, is not always a, a, interest, a, a, a good subject to address because it talks about divorce, but it's, you mentioned 50% of people are uh, affected by it. Ed Slot uh, has a tax and retirement planning newsletter we've subscribed to for 20 years, uh, an authority on, divorce, on, uh, on retirement plans. He says, untying the knot, how to get it right when handling an IRA in a divorce. It says, says the song, Breaking Up is Hard to Do, hit number one on Billboard Hot 100 on August 11th, 1962. Remember that song? You don't remember it, Breaking you? Up is Hard to Do? I remember that Breaking song. Breaking Up is Hard to Do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, more than 50 years later, the lyrics still ring true. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple divorces. Christine and I are kind of laughing at Jeff behind the scenes, but that's yeah, okay. That's okay. It's, I, just, I do limited engagements sure. singing, so. <laughs> Available for weddings? Yeah, I can't, no, no. Uh, well, when a couple divorces not only 
uh, do they need to sort through many emotions, but also potentially many years worth of accumulated property. Property. These days, that property, which needs to be divided when two spouses go their separate ways, is likely to include an IRA. Handling an IRA in a divorce can be tricky, and often things can go very wrong. Um, what not to do? Divorce decrees uh, are a must. There's an important requirement that must be met, must underline must be met before any IRA funds can be moved tax-free in a divorce situation. For an IRA to, de, to be for an IRA to be divided due to a divorce, there must be a divorce decree issued pursuant to state domestic relations law that address marital property rights. In other words, you can't just sign a form saying it's going to be transferred. Half goes to my wife, half goes to my husband. That doesn't. The divorce decree usually come from a court, may incorporate orders from state agencies. Without these legal documents, there's no authority to split the IRA. That's a key thing. Because if you say, "Well, we're splitting everything fifty-fifty," without a divorce or without a court order, it's not a legal uh, uh, decree to divorce, to separate that. It's quattro. Uh, let's see. Is this very state to state, Jeff? Uh, in general, for the, for the most part, yes, because we're a community property state, so split, things are split differently. It's all fifty-fifty for the most part. Inheritances are different in some states, but for the most part, yeah. Uh, there always seems to be asked whether a qualified direct qualified domestic relations order quattro is needed. Uh, and it's not necessary. A quattro is not necessary to divide IRAs. It may be necessary for a 401k. Uh, preparing to transfer due to divorce, the correct way to divide an IRA funds in compliance with a divorce decree is to do a trustee to trustee transfer of the IRA funds, moving them directly from one spouse's IRA to the other spouse's IRA. If you, let's say you have a million dollars in a retirement plan. Say, I'll just write a check for this $500,000 to my spouse. That becomes taxable right away. If you transfer it to an individual account, that becomes taxable right away. And then that may become taxable to you, not to your ex-spouse. So then you get hammered with the taxes on that. A divorce decree mandating a division of an IRA and a court order requiring an IRA order to act, not the custodian, not the IRA. The divorce decree will order the IRA owner to take the necessary steps to divide the IRA. So it's on the IRA owner's responsibility to get the, the um, information to the custodian. It's not an IRA custodian, rather the IRA owner. Let's see if there's anything else. You know, when you, just as you're going through this, a lot of people might be thinking divorce, generally younger people, not a whole lot of wealth involved. Haven't the numbers for divorce been on the increase in the older demographics, 50s, older, 60s, yes. 70s? You yes. see more of those getting divorced. Yes. Well, that's the baby boomers getting older. Baby boomers getting older, second marriages usually the, mm -hmm. in in that time frame. The second more the divorce rate among second mortgages, second mortgages, second marriages is higher also. Um, anyway, the the gist of this is that you can't just do it. You have you have to get a court order to do it. If you don't, um, it could be done properly. It could, it could be done improperly. It could trigger taxes, uh, and you gotta be careful with that. Get get somebody involved who's familiar with it, who knows how to handle it, and doesn't just say, 
we got a million dollars of assets coming in because the good chunk of that could be gone with taxes if not done properly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good point, Jeff. That, that was, well, I don't know about sexy, but it was. <laughs> it's about money. That's why we call it the sexy segment on WISN. Each week on WIBA and WISN, it's the Retirement Clinic. We'll have some final comments with Christine Hayward joining us from the Middleton office. Your host every week is the president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal. We'll be right back. We are back on WISN and WIBA, the retirement clinic. All right, we've only got a minute or so left. Christine, you've got something you want to toss in at the end. Yes, I want to remind everybody, Jeff had commented on this earlier. In 2019, the 401k limit is increasing to 19000 per year, and the IRA limit jumps to 6000 per year. Uh, now, if you're over 50, then there are catch-up provisions. So you could put in 25000 in a 401k and then 7000 in an IRA. So, and this is something, Jeff, you help your clients with. There's changes all the time, contributions, yep. limits, maximums. Well, we, a lot of times we'll talk about, and there are so many changes, and that's why you need to go to a retirement specialist, somebody who does this all the time. And we do this all the time. And so just what Christine was talking about, $32,000 a year, if you need to catch up, if you're 50 or better, and you're in trouble because you haven't saved enough for your retirement, you can put $32,000 a year away into a Roth 401k, Roth IRA, traditional 401k, traditional IRA, uh, you can start burying a lot of money. All over social media, Facebook, check them out on LinkedIn, Twitter. Here's the website, thekowalway.com, thekowalway.com on WIBA, WISN. We can also call you anytime. That's right, 262-522-4040, Christine Hayward's in Middleton. She does a great job there. Thanks for coming on today, Christine. Uh, mm-hmm. Our Milwaukee, our Waukesha office, Racine all over, 877-560-4040, thekowalway.com to request initial consultation, which is free. We're back next weekend. Jeff, have a great weekend. Thanks, you too, Paul. Thank you for tuning in to the Retirement Clinic, WIBA, Madison, WISN, Milwaukee.